Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. Unless a donor is telling you, like, stop asking me, keep asking. I think so often actually we're afraid of the ask. And I just think if it's compelled around an impactful thing that's going to make me internally like feel good about doing something, like you're giving somebody the opportunity to feel that way. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Missions to Movements podcast. This is the second consulting conversation of the season that we are having. And I love doing these because I think it just gives you like the real, real of ideas and also the challenges or questions that other organizations might have that you might also have yourself. And hopefully some ideas, some nuggets of inspiration or tactics that I can share that are helpful and useful, not only to Lindsay, who's here with us today, but you listening as well. So Lindsay Molander is the executive director of Seed India. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. Will you give us a little bit of background into what Seed India is and specifically your story with the organization? Yeah, of course. Seed was founded in 2009 by locals in Calcutta, India. It was born out of Compassion International and with the need of like, you know, we got to get these families living in the slums help. So basic needs, education, all of that. And then they saw the need growing. And so in over the next couple of years, they left their compassion jobs and really started launched out on their own. So they, I would say, I want to give full credit to our founders, PS and J Street. 
they are local leaders serving their own people. They saw a need and they went out and were like, we have to make change for our own community. Now, fast forward many years. And in 2016, I was doing any random job (laughs) and got connected to this organization. I have always kind of had a heart for international development. So I kind of worked myself into a job as a volunteer first and then went part-time and then eventually full-time at the beginning of 2021. So we're... Two and a half years into full-time as the executive director, but really trying to turn the ship around a little bit since 2019 of like, hey, we have, they're growing over in India. The need is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. There's 19 million people in the city of Calcutta. The poverty rate is increasing. Women's illiteracy, all of those things. People are making, you know, less than a dollar a day. And I'm like over here, like, okay, we kind of need to follow suit. I need to get the word out. I need to do better at telling stories so that I can connect. Why should you care about this? Yeah, This is such a unique cause. Like, Why should you as the average American or Westerner care about a community in the slums of Calcutta? And so that is what I exist to do. I'm like, I call myself the chief storyteller. Yes. That's really what I do is just tell the story over and over and over and over again, every single day of my life. Yes, And then it's just marketing comes with my job <laughs> and I am the only staff in the US. So it is name it and I probably do it and it's probably not my <laughs> favorite thing. <laughs> but I'm learning and I'm trying to get better. And that is why we are here because I sit in a really unique space of running a global nonprofit, having a team of 40 in country, but I'm in wow. here. And it's just me and the board of directors. So I'm based in Nashville for my home and trying to spread the word as best I can and connect people to this cause that matters. I love that. And I think it's also very relatable. I'm sure a lot of other listeners are like, yes, I am right with you. I am the solo. I mean, same here, sitting here on, on my end, right? Solo. And it is yeah. can be very challenging and impossible mm-hmm. to try and do literally yeah, everything. Yeah, but what yeah. can you focus on? And that's what I hope we can get to today. There's so many things you could do, but what are going to be the things that are create the most efficiencies and impact that you need as a small like solo team like what's actually doable instead of all these like i think we see big ideas and it's just not actually tangible especially with now no, like, we're recording in october and we want to see something come in in just like a couple months i know unfortunately i think that as a small nonprofit i compare myself to the big boys And so then I see what they're putting out and I'm like, well, that's the only way that fundraising can work because that's what I see. I see, you know, and I'm like, they're just putting out such beautiful things and they're connecting the world with this global need. And, but it's just not realistic. I am a one man show and our budget is not that big. (laughs) Well, I do want to say you do have beautiful imagery and storytelling. And so it is very, it looks beautiful from what you've created with your brands and everything. So I do want to give you kudos to that and do make sure you give yourself a pat and be like, yes, I am doing a good job. So I want to open the floor up to you for your questions. But before I do, I wanted to like go back to in the intro, which I think this is really important for anybody, anyone's organization. You talked about trying to get people to understand the importance of what's happening over there and why we should care. What made you care? when you were hearing these things is my first question mm-hmm. because you not only started as a volunteer, but then you like signed up for this as a job. Like what was it that called you specifically to the work of this organization? 
I mean, it's ironic, but I'm like, I guess because no one was talking about it. I feel like there's things like, especially with like international development in that space specifically, there's places in the world, I think as Americans that are more in the forefront of like what we see. So I had traveled a lot of places. I had like built a clean water well in El Salvador and I had went to Haiti after the earthquake and all of these things that like matter so much. Those people matter so much, but the needs were different and very specific because I think American nonprofits, I'm, I really hope I don't overshare and I do not want to like ever bash American nonprofits because I believe in the nonprofit space more than, more than the average person because I'm in it. But I do think we have historically done more harm than good when we go in an effort to help. I just do. And I saw it done so poorly in some of these places, you know, in Haiti, I'm like, after the earthquake, we went and threw stuff at yeah. them and called it help. Jenny Nuccio has been on talking about that in the past too. It like broke my heart. I was like, I left more angry and it wasn't, I'm not mad at Haiti, but I'm mad at like, we've messed up their economy. They're like imploding. And so I think I saw it done so poorly with like nonprofits specifically in this space. And so when I learned about this, when I learned that one, nobody talks about India. Like I just, it was such a, literally such a foreign place. You know, I didn't know a whole lot about Asia in general, but India specifically for some reason was really foreign. And so there is some pull to like going to where no one goes. And it's probably a little bit of my like, yeah, watch me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe stubbornness. I don't know what it is. I just didn't know the capacity for which India does not help its own people. Mm. Like it does not, is not ingrained. I'm really lucky that in like to be in this world that I'm in because I'm like, I see local nonprofits and how much like they are on every corner of Nashville. And I'm like, they are helping their own. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Inner city and the, you know, the people dealing with homelessness. I'm like, you're on it. And that doesn't exist over there. And so I think that was the first thing that made me go, okay, I'm in, I want to help. But also watching women and girls, that story of women's rights and girls and child brides, it messes with you. And it's all because of birthright. You know, I didn't choose to be grow up as an an American. They didn't choose to be a lowest caste Indian in the slums of Calcutta. They didn't choose that. They just were born into it. It's generational poverty. I will always have a little bit of like women empowerment in me. And so I'm like, I have to do something for them. So I think that was probably the start of like the women are being treated so poorly. Women's suppression is alive and well. It is active in that culture. We got to do something. So I think that's the first story (laughs) that kind of went, I'm a woman, but I'm an American woman and it's totally different. So what's my role in helping women who look a little different than me, who grew up a little bit differently, but Yeah. yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. And I think that's a really interesting part about I mean, I just wrote down like education Mm. and through storytelling and educating supporters, potential supporters about, because I think that's a big part of it, right? We just don't know what we don't know. And like you're talking about, if it's not in the news, if it's not in the mainstream, we're living through what's happening with Israel right now. Yeah, And there's a lot of questions that I'm asking that I just don't understand. And until like you take the curiosity and the interest in understanding like, where does this stem from? Like, why is this happening? Same thing with what you're doing. So with Seed India, let's talk about your questions here. When we were emailing a little bit back and forth, 
you were talking about end of year and feeling a little bit of donor fatigue when it comes up to Giving Tuesday and end of year. Can you share a little bit about what that struggle is and what you're thinking about? A couple things come to mind, but I think the biggest right now is that our audience is small. When I look at our donor list, our email list, our newsletter list, whatever, I'm like, it's not huge. We're a small nonprofit. And so we probably have 100 to 150 active donors okay. right now. And that can be something. And and I do have to say, we have very generous donors. So even if we have like 15 large donors that make up a huge part of our annual budget and our annual revenue, our donor base is small. And so what that means is I feel like I am always asking the same group of people the same questions. So come Giving Tuesday and end of year time, the audience is always the same. It is our 800 and something social media followers and they get tapped all the time. And they are devoted. I would say we have some of the most devoted donors on the planet and I will like never stop talking about them because it like actually blows me away. When they're in, they're all the way into this work. But the journey to get them all the way in is, whew, it's a feat. Is it, yeah. And so I just feel like I'm always in this really, I'm like living in the tension of I've already asked you and I'm sorry. And we have another thing and I've already asked you and I'm sorry, but like, here's our fall fundraiser and here's giving Tuesday. Oh, and here's end of year. You want to give for tax purposes. And it's the same hundred people who get the exact same questions. What drew in those first hundred, 150? Trips, honestly. I mean, that is what did it. So we got connected first to another organization here in Nashville in like 2011. So only a couple years after it was born. And that organization really did a beautiful job of spreading the word because the founder of that organization was loud about it. I would say that we don't have that kind of person anymore. That's like the spearhead influential speaker. And so because of that, and I don't think every organization does and needs one, but it does help. And I think being in a place like Nashville, where I see nonprofits all the time that have like a famous country singer at its helm, it does help. (laughs) (laughs) It does help. And we're, we're just not us. So we started off with like a semi big, I don't know what you want to call him, but he had some influence in the Nashville community. And so that is what like, started it all. And then truthfully, we went through some stuff and we had a lot of turnover and some board stuff. And so then we lost a lot of that since 2019, since I came on part-time. It's like, I am rebuilding trust here. I am like reminding people that the work in India has not stopped. And so it just feels like it's like, in some ways it's stagnant. And in some ways it's like, yeah, but every time we send a trip, like this most recent team of eight, I have no doubt in my mind that that is like a new batch of future donors because they saw it, they felt it, they smelt it, they, you know, all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime that you can experience it in person is a game changer, of course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that can't happen every single week. But do you have content from those trips? Every single one. Yeah. This past trip, we actually brought a 360 camera so that we could do our first virtual reality cool. experience in India. Yeah. So that kind of stuff we're like building. Yeah. We had a videographer go last year. And so he has put out a lot of content. But again, the problem is like, okay, now I have all this content. I have no idea what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I legitimately am like, it's awesome. We have had photographers and videographers go for like the last few trips. And so I'm sitting on 14 terabytes of content on our Dropbox. Oof 
with absolutely no clue where to get started. You have like the opposite problem. You have so much content that it probably feels overwhelming. Exactly. And I know that that like, what a beautiful problem to have, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like it's a good problem. Let's break this down a little bit. So I'm just like making a whole bunch of notes while you're talking because there's so much amazing potential here. The first thing I thought about was in advance of this existing donor base being asked again, how do we make them feel thanked? There was something on your website around that donors can send handwritten Christmas cards to a child in your dream home. Yeah. Can you, and I'm not sure if you've done this already or in the past, send a handwritten note or a card or even just a personalized thank you email to these 100, 150 people? Yeah. So we did that for the first time in 2022 last year. It went off so well. They freaked out. (laughs) They loved it so much. I actually have one. It's like so cute. They like all painted. Oh, I love that. A handwritten card. Yep. And our kids wrote little notes. I know. I know. I'm obsessed. So yes, the answer is I want to do more of that. I'm even thinking about, so those were just for listeners, but she just showed me that was a card one of the kids created and you sent those out to the donors. Correct. Okay. I'm even talking about like an email from you. Oh, just from me? Just from you. Okay. 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 Say more. (laughs) And you could do an email from you. I would throw in some photos, just make it super informal, like photos from the trip, like a little update about what's happened this past year, like some bullet points. I just wanted to say thank you. Like, we're so gracious. This is what's happening. No ask. No ask. Just a heads up. Just came back and it's super relevant. You can even do a quick... Have you heard of Video Ask? Uh, I don't think so. So it's website videoask.com for free. And you could just record a video of yourself. And okay. it easily is embeddable into an email and it plays like a little GIF thing. Okay, yep, yep. And you could just do one video for everyone. And then just explain like, I just came back from a trip. This is where we're at. Like a little like state of the state almost. Like a quick 30 second, one minute video, not too long. And then you could even just simply put up like a Dropbox or a Google Drive of some photos or just put some photos in the body of the email from the trip. Mm -hmm. Just saying thanks in advance. It's like a nurture thing, but it's also just like, I think with donor fatigue, like we want to help. We want to be given the opportunity to make a difference because that's ringing true to our personal identities, right? So I would one, think about that just like now in between when you're going to ask again is to just do those thank yous and let people know you just got back from a trip with all of the footage. I would Mm -hmm. see if there's, I mean, there's a website called Fiverr that you might've heard of. And if you can find a video editor, just to splice through and make some short like vertical clips for you. You could honestly in Canva, like the most popular videos right now are just showing that B-roll in the background of the trip and then just put some compelling copy on the top. Yeah. Tell a story, tell a stat and just rinse and repeat. Yeah. And these are not asks, right? This is just, yeah. Yeah. Just education. Just education. Yeah. Just letting people know, are there core areas that you focus on? Obviously I know there's the dream home with seed India. Are there core like verticals that you focus in? Yep. Okay. What are those? One is child development and education in the slum. Okay. 
Two is women's empowerment. So that is literacy and small business training. Okay. And then the dream home. So I would say those are like the three buckets. Okay. So I would think about your content yeah. in those three buckets. Yeah. And what are leading up to, what are a couple different videos, stats? I'd actually probably think about the stats of the stories first and then just match B-roll to it on the back. Just make it really simple for you. So that's kind of on the content side. That's a way to think about it. If there's work that you've done this year, if there's a story that's compelling, that would be how I would think about it. And that way the B-roll doesn't even have to exactly align with what you're talking about, but it's along the same lines as the narrative. Yeah, right, right, right. right. The other thing that I think we discount so much, and I'm actually going to be speaking about this at the Nonprofit Storytelling Conference and a couple others this fall, is your story. I'm terrible at telling it is so powerful. And like you are, you are there, you are going on these trips from the standpoint of you are a woman leader, an executive for a nonprofit. I would say to pitch you. (laughs) (laughs) So scary. (laughs) But for real, like think about literally, that's why I asked you think about, you had the story of what called you to work in this space, the progression of the volunteer I'm sure you have plenty of stories from being on the ground in India. Compelling stories from, I mean, there's probably so much there that you could unpack and tell. And this is a great time. Like pitch yourself on podcasts, pitch yourself to, if there's local Nashville news outlets around Giving Tuesday, they're all going to be looking for stuff like that right now to tell like positive stories about even your personal LinkedIn. I think that's how we originally connected. Yeah, that is. Yeah. But starting to write yeah, out. I'm trying with LinkedIn. Yeah. My brain will tell me, <laughs> and this is probably insecurity, but my brain will tell me like, they are the story I am not. And so it is a hurdle that I have to get over yeah. of like, people want to see cute kids, which is true too. That can be true too. But I agree in that it doesn't have to be either or. No, of course. Yeah, it can be both. Yeah. So I would say too, for the small audience, I mean, those are growth things, right? Podcasts, growth, getting the story out, news outlets, getting the story out. I wonder for Giving Tuesday and end of year, are you thinking about them as two separate fundraising asks? No, no, I don't think so. I think historically what's ended up happening is that we have November ends up being our biggest fundraising month because by the time December rolls around, we're done. We're not done, but we're mostly done. And I think that that is because we have a fall fundraiser, the very like a dinner fundraiser, the first week in November every year. So that starts it. And then November through giving Tuesday is like online marketing campaigns. We have done an in-person giving Tuesday event the last two years, but in all honesty, they've completely flopped. We're going to only do online this year and not do an in-person and just kind of see if that makes a difference. If more people are just, they don't want to go out the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. We're not sure, yeah. but people aren't showing up. So we're going to, we're dropping that and only doing online. So it's basically between November 4th when our dinner is okay. and November 28th is like, that is when our biggest fundraising push happens, which means that by December, it's slowed down quite a bit. And I always feel a little weird about that. Cause I'm like, man, I feel like I exhale on December 1st when I shouldn't. But we've historically just done really, really well in all of November. Okay. Well, is there a reason why November can't be like your big month? No, no, there's not a reason. Like who's telling you? Who says? Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Who says? I know. It's like, as long as you're reaching, is there a specific goal for the end of year, just overall that you're trying to reach? Yes. Okay. Is that based on a specific thing for 2024? Truthfully, that is just like our general budget. We like weren't making it. And then the last two years, we've done phenomenally well in November. And so then now we're like, okay, we got to get ahead for the new projects. The projects we're launching in India in 2024. Okay. Okay. Like we're building a building in the spring. And so like, it's like, we got to finalize that and getting, you know, so I'm like, there's like pieces, but it's for the most part, it's what's going on over there. Well, that's amazing. I mean, I would focus this fall on those projects and what are the expenses associated with each of those projects. And then I wonder if there's a way for those 100, 150 active donors. Do you have a recurring giving program? Do we have one? Yes. Is it great? No, 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 no. I mean, we've got 52 recurring donors. So that's what I would say. Okay. So it's not nothing. Okay. It's not nothing. And it like makes or breaks us. So I'm like, so thankful for those 52. It's insane. Like just in that, and that has grown substantially in the last two years. So I'm like, I'm blown away that we're at 52. It can be better. That's what I would have to say. Yeah. I wonder if, and I've been talking about this a lot on the podcast, but it's really segmenting the asks of these different audiences that you have. So like the existing 52 recurring, instead of asking them for another separate donation, can you ask them to increase their gift Yeah, this year? Yeah. And that's that bucket. And you have like different, you have stories going to them. For people who have donated one time, multiple gifts in the past couple of years, can you ask them to now become a recurring donor? And then have the option too of, will this audience, you talk about them being so devoted, how can they share with their audience? Like maybe for Giving Tuesday, it's not a donation ask, but it's a, we want to get the word out about what we're doing. And you have this amazing content. What we want Mm -hmm. you to do, 800 social followers is blast Mm -hmm. this out. Tag your friends share it on your stories and like have that be your major call to action. And then like the week after, after that push, then you have your donation asks. Yeah. Like in early December. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Early December. Yeah. 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 Can it even be like the handwritten Christmas card concept, right? Like Mm -hmm. something that they can do. That's not a gift. Mm-hmm. But then if they tag all these people or some way to generate like getting you new emails to be able to nurture yeah. those people between Giving Tuesday and December, we just wrapped up, it's actually the episode right before this one, we just wrapped up my lead generation challenge. And similar to you, Megan, who I listens to the podcast, so shout out to Megan at Roots Ethiopia. Yes, you sent me them as an example. That's right. Yes. So she created yeah. this unbelievable lead magnet that was like five Ethiopian recipes. And we had like three different audiences that we sent it out to. Warm, lookalike, and a new saved. She has had over 404 new emails come through. No way. Yeah, for the average cost, I think it was 98 cents. Oh my gosh. And so if you can imagine, no one's going to donate this 98 cents. No. So, <laughs> nor do I think any forms accept that low of an amount. Yeah, exactly. But that was through a lead campaign on Facebook. Wow. 
and it works. Yes, with all of this content, if there's something from an educational standpoint that you can share to create a lead gen campaign to get a bunch of new emails alongside with doing something organic, like a tag kind of campaign to get people to share on that day, like something that's a really moving, impactful piece of content. And that that'd be like your tent pole for end of year. And like, this is why we're doing these projects in 2024. Basically. Yeah. I would say that. I would say to segment what the different asks are for each group. How can you activate this really devoted group to reach out and find other people? That the might next be- really devoted group. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. The other thing is for the social audience that does follow you, but might not be on your email list yet is can you DM them like chunks at a time and just say, thank you so much for being a follower. Like I just got back from a trip and share a photo with them. Would love to send you an update on what we've been doing. What's your email? Yeah, that's a really good idea. I love that. On Giving Tuesday, we always shoot some sort of DM, but I like the idea of getting ahead of it so that by that time, we already have their email. Yes. Yes. So we're like, yeah, we're we're preparing for that time instead of like day of, hey, you know, it's Lindsay checking in. Yes. <laughs> thank you for your donation this year. Or thank you for following us or whatever it is. Yes, absolutely. There's another thing that I that I love to do. So we're recording this at the beginning of October. So now is like the sweet spot of time to raise awareness again about everything you've been doing. If there's a way, again, I would focus on like creating those, like a tentpole piece of content that showcases the trip, what is going to be your 2024 goals, right? That you're working on. And I love just doing like a video view campaign on through Facebook and Instagram ads where you just launch video views to certain audiences and then you can retarget anybody who's watched that video after with like a call to action. Okay. So it's like even for your warm audience because people just don't see content all the time. Everything. That's just how it is. No. Yeah. Can you... Put that video up. You can just do your warm audience versus doing like a lookalike. And then for all those people, and then maybe it links to like a blog, like where you're talking about your trip. You have some photos. Again, it's not an ask. And then you can retarget them when it's time to then make that donation. Yeah. So you say do that now, Mm -hmm. like in October, ahead of, and do the same audience in November. You would just, yeah, you would pull. So anybody, when you're in ads, you can create an audience of anybody who's watched that video okay, and then retarget them. And video view campaigns are very cheap. It's like a penny okay, <laughs> or less sometimes for cool. video cool, cool, views. Cool. We love cheap around here. Yes. Yeah, so you can amass a large amount of views and then you could even narrow it down to people who watched 50% of this video. So, you know, it wasn't wow. just like a three second view yeah. of somebody yep. passing it by on their feed, but they actually took interest. Yeah, that's cool. In what I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And now because we're not doing an in-person event on Giving Tuesday, we're going to put that, what we would have spent on that event, Great. we're going to put in ads. Awesome. So yeah, so that's the plan is to like really put some money behind online marketing this year. And that's all, I mean, it's all an experiment, but I think it can work. Yes. Okay. So knowing that I would definitely do video views campaign. Okay. And then I would do, so leading up to, I'm just going to break down kind of what we've talked about so far. Yes. Number one, your existing audience. We want to nurture 
like update about the trip. We want to say thank you. Two, let's multi like marketing channel here. We're going to run some ads, a video view campaign to a couple different audiences. I would run it to your warm audience, which means anybody who already likes, follows, has engaged, has visited you on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. You can also, if you have a pixel, actually, I can tell you if you have a pixel on your website, you do. So anybody that's visited your website, you can include them in that too. So you have your warm audience and then you have, I would do a lookalike. So building off of that warm audience. So people like these people. And you could honestly just go really broad if you wanted to do and just do a saved, like a brand new audience based upon interest that people that have an interest in maybe India and philanthropy. Yeah. Super broad. It should be in the millions. Should be pretty big. You think keeping it broad is a good thing? Yep. Yep. Your copy and the creative pull in the right people. And then so you'd run that video view first. Run that until you get enough of a audience size that feels good to you with the spending. You could do that for like, I mean, $5 a day. Yeah, yeah. And you can ramp up a bunch of views on that. And then you'd retarget those people. Either you could do a lead campaign to get their emails. And that video view, kind of the call to action there, I would say it would be to have a, a blog post. Okay. Just to go to your website. Okay. And then you could do the lead campaign and you could do a donation campaign. So that would be like the ad side of things. And then the third thing we talked about, which again is organic, is you. Me. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. And looking at some podcasts to be on, local news outlets. The other thing that you had earlier mentioned was a collaboration that you did that was really successful. Are there other brand collaborations that you could work on for yeah. this year? Yeah. I know that's usually something that might take a little bit more time. But even getting ahead for the spring. Yeah. Because if you can get in front of one of my favorite Nashville organizations is ABLE. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with ABLE? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And so for anybody else that doesn't, ABLE employs, isn't it women who have been, is it abused? Domestic violence? Yeah, I think it's domestic violence. And it gives them a job and they make these beautiful clothes and like leather products. Actually, my backpack is from them. Yeah, my bag is too. Yeah. My everyday bag. Yeah, and earrings and, and wallet and purse. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> We're super fans. It's a problem. Yeah. It's so problem. it's like, is there an ABLE of the world, right, that you could partner with? And then they are helping amplify the mission of what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Doing Instagram lives and whatnot and sharing things out on their email lists, like that kind of thing. So if there is a collaboration that could happen, maybe somebody that's a conversation, maybe ask your board of directors with their businesses or people they know. Yeah. It's like, hey, who knows a a company, a brand that aligns with us on values? That would be a really good partner or couple going into end of year. That would be because if there's a connection already built, then that's easier to come up with, obviously. Yes, correct. And then some of your own LinkedIn posts. Mm-hmm. Instead of once every two years of doing that, which is my track record right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just coming up with, think about what are those compelling stories? So you've been, when did you yeah. join the organization? Volunteer 2016, staff 2019. Okay. 
and maybe it's even talking like the anniversary of being at the organization or with the past few years or I think a lot of other executive directors would love to hear what you're going through because I think it's so relatable. I mean, yeah, because I see others and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy or this is normal or whatever it is. So, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the content front so that we don't feel the overwhelm is think about those. We don't want it to go unused. And that's the Mm -hmm. worst thing is if we just have like paralysis I know exactly. Of overwhelm and it just sits there and it's like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> is just to yep. carve out, okay, what are a few, what are the main things that we want to convey at the end of this year? And I think it's talking about like, I love the messaging that you started with this whole conversation. No one's talking about this. Yeah. But we need to. Yeah. And here's why. Right. And then maybe focusing yeah. on like, I don't know anything about what the culture is like in India for child brides. I don't know. Like all those things that you mentioned. I know. I wouldn't have either. What does global poverty, like how does that relate to us here? Right? Yeah. And telling those, the less than a dollar a day. We can't buy anything here. I don't even know. What's less than a dollar? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. I know. I'm like, is gum? No. (laughs) I know. Gum gum isn't even. I thought of gum too. I know. Somebody just told me gas in Los Angeles is $7 a gallon. It is. It is. I know. So it is just these these are the things that are relatable here, Mm -hmm. right? And then how do you compare it to? We cannot fathom that, but yet it's happening in twenty twenty three, right? But then this is what we're doing. This is what we're prepared to do in twenty twenty four. But this is what we need to like make that happen. Unless a donor's telling you like stop asking me. Keep asking. Keep asking. Okay. Okay. The generosity of people, I think so often actually we're afraid of the ask. And I just think if it's compelled around an impactful thing, that's going to make me internally like feel good about doing something. Like you're giving somebody the opportunity to feel that way. So I would just say, like, yeah. what is it to help them? And maybe that's even in your thank you emails is we're looking to expand and to grow, have that post maybe on Instagram or LinkedIn, like whichever one you feel compelled, would you share it with your community? Yep. That is a free and easy way to help. That's yep. my ask right now. My ask is I want so many, I want as many eyeballs as possible on this problem because no one's talking about it. Yeah. I kind of love that as like a theme. Me too. I keep going back to like our monthly donors and going, you know, for those specific 52 human beings that are like really bought in because so they signed up to give for as we lead up to giving Tuesday, as we lead up to end of year, as we make asks of them, what is appropriate to say, Hey, like if you're in a place, what is the language around asking them for more is what I'm asking. I would speak to the goals that you have for 2024 and what you need to get there. And if there's a way, I mean, I always look at the number. What's the big number goal and how can we break it down to get there? And if Mm -hmm. you knew that maybe not all 52 increase their gift, but if X happens, this is going to allow us to do this. Yeah. That's the message I would share with them because they want to feel collectively, oh yeah, like I'm in for that. They'll know if they're in a place or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't have to say that. 
You're right. Yeah, you're right. I think you just say, this is where the need is. If we like hand raise, if half, if 20, which is not that many, right? If 25 no. people increase by $5, $10, right? That's like a Starbucks drink now. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> just disturbing on its other half. I know. I know. It's gross. If you buy $10 <laughs> a month, this is what is possible. Yeah. That's what I would send to them. And then I would keep that specific group updated. And I wouldn't let emails lag. I would say, oh my gosh, we already have 10. We only need 15 left. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we only have five left. Like I would keep the momentum and the cadence of that. Do not think that it's too many emails. Because, and I've talked about this before, and I will just say it again, it's so important. The amount of emails I get on Cyber Monday and Amazon Prime Day sales and is crazy. And I get like an email from an organization. I know. It's like, I'm afraid to hit send. No, like. Yes, I am. (laughs) I say no for people and I feel like I'm, oh my goodness, I gotta stop. I gotta like just send the emails. I need to like create a, like a hit send playlist. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Just hit send. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Like a pet, like a high, like Beyonce in there and get some like good grooves. Like, yes, send. Gosh. Yes, exactly. There's like two different situations here too, where I've got like our CRM sending those type of email newsletters. And then I've got my personal Gmail. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about like, it's easier for me to send as me in my Gmail because I'm like, I'm a real person. I'm not, (laughs) for some reason, sending through the CRM feels less personal to me, no matter what it, no matter what, even if my name is attached to that email or seed is attached to that email, for some reason, I like will say no for those more than I'll say no for like blowing somebody up in Gmail. I don't know. It's like two different stories I tell myself. That's so funny. I know. I know. Yeah. Don't let it tell yourself that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There was, I mean, I would remove that mindset as much as you can. (laughs) And then I think if you focus on these things and ask like board of directors, like how can they be of assistance to you? Video views. How can you hire somebody cheaply on like Fiverr to help edit those things out for you quickly? That's yeah. where I would start. Was that helpful? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Good. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think down the road, I still want to talk to you about monthly giving programs, but we're not there yet. Yes. I would love to. I'd love to. Yeah. That audience, <laughs> I mean, recurring, they are so valuable. I just had an interview with an organization that they said they are the most valuable group of people in their organization. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. if you don't have a recurring monthly giving program as a part of your fundraising, then you do not have a solidified giving program at your room. I totally agree. We can't do any, I mean, we can't plan, we can't dream, we can't execute any of it without them. Let them know that. Do they know that? Yeah. I mean, I've told them, but you're right. I should probably email them more. (laughs) (laughs) they're awesome they know they're awesome i like they're the first to get main communication so they're the first to get like you know hey this is the biggest news or a child graduated or whatever so i try to keep them up to date as far as that goes but i can always be clear yeah man let them be your yeah the voice to amplify everything you're doing i know you got this yeah cool thank you dana you're welcome thanks Lindsay. it was great talking with you Can you tell I love talking all things digital? 
to make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories, and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.